0: Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 115 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you are new to the show, we talk about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and just helping you get past the things in your life that's holding you back. So each week I bring on a different guest. We talk about their backstory, anything that they had to overcome or struggle to get through, through what they're doing today and everyone that I've brought and I've had people from all over the world and there's always that central theme that people just want to be happy you know people want to be, they want to belong to something and they just want to feel that that they matter and it doesn't matter if the guest was from Thailand from Australia from India from the US Canada Mexico like it doesn't matter where they're from we all walk pretty much the same journey we just take different paths to get there and that's the beauty of bringing the different guests on cuz we get to hear multiple perspectives so i do this 3 times a week so you know that's what there's 12 different perspectives per month that we get to hear so this is here to motivate you to educate you to entertain you and more, most importantly to transform you so if you're looking to break free of something this is the show for you All right and so who am i why should you listen to me You know what you're passionate. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff, I was like, you know what, like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All righty, so today we're going to talk about self-discovery. And so people always say that it's your your 20s, like late teens, early 20s, and that's the time for you to, to discover who you are. But we don't have to abide by that because that's not always the case. As my guest today, she, she discovered her true self later on in life. And we're going to get there. Like I'll, I'll let her share her story. But the The point of this says is, is that life is not written. It's not written in a book where you can say, "Oh, well, I read this somewhere. That by this stage I should be this. By this age I should be that." Right? That's all a load, load of crap. Like I'm I'm just discovering my true true purpose after spending twenty years in the restaurant industry, and now I'm knowing that my my calling is doing this. Educating people, motivating people, entertaining people, helping people transform, helping people think better, helping people overcome obstacles, you know, and having people just break free from the restrictions that other people put on them. So are there a lot of other people out there that do it? Yes, but there's people that need to hear it the way I say it. There's people that need to hear my guest story, like only she can tell it. You know, like people need to hear the way Tony Robbins says it. So it, it doesn't matter. There's 7 billion people on this planet. So people are going to find the people that they resonate with, and that's who they're going to gravitate to. So I have the people that gravitate towards my style and i lean into those people for the people that don't like my style i still love you but then go find someone that you resonate with okay so that's why i do this that's why i'm here for for you all i thank you all for tuning in um if you're watching on youtube please subscribe to the channel if you're watching on facebook like share and help spread the word please and thank you so back to my guest Who is she? She is a founder of Impact Training and Development, Inc., a firm specializing in providing coaching and professional development programs. She has worked with many organizations conducting professional workshops and providing services in the areas of assessment, coaching, leadership, team building, sales, and career development. She has a master's degree in counseling from John Carroll University. She is a registered corporate coach through the Worldwide Association of Business Coaches. She is now semi-retired. and I don't think I've ever heard semi-retired before. (laughs) She's now semi-retired and offers coaching to those exploring their sexuality and choices they have made or are making. Help me welcome Nancy Allen to the show. Nancy, how's it going? Good, good. So
1: happy to be here. This is fun. What awesome. a day to Start my day.
0: <laughs> so I got to tell you, when I made your your promo flyer at first, for some reason I had Nancy Thomas on it. <laughs> so, oh, so on everything that I put out, I had Nancy oh, Thomas no. on it. So I had to go back, pull it all back,
1: <laughs> and redo it. So that's, that's my wife. That's my partner's name. My really? wife. Yeah, Kelly Thomas. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, but I don't yeah. think I don't think I had that on anything I sent you. So
0: no, um, I, I had someone on the show a while ago named named Nancy Thomas. So I think uh, that's why it just it just stuck okay. in when I did it. So
1: <laughs> all right, so how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome, doing great. Living awesome. in Atlanta, Georgia. It's nice and warm here. Ninety degrees. Nice.
0: Say you're nice and warm. Ninety is our hot. We're dying <laughs> up here well, in Rhode
1: Island. <laughs> Ninety is hot for you know anything over eighty three is. Um, yeah. Good. Anyway, I was just out. We have a puppy dog named Sherlock, so I just took him for a walk. So we're nice. good to go. Okay. Good. Good.
0: Yeah. Here is the humidity, as you can see. Like I'm already, I'm already glistening. So where, like, where are you? I'm in Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode no, Island, you said that. Okay. Rhode Island, okay. Yeah, up in New England. Okay. All right. All right, so you said you're in, a, in Atlanta. Were you born
1: and raised there? I was not. I was born not. and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. The land. All right. Cleveland, Ohio. For many, 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 many
0: years. <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio. All right, we'll get back there. So first, give me give me your, your one to two minute summary. Just who is Nancy? How,
1: how would you describe yourself? Who am I? Boy, that's, uh, you want me to do that one minute? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me the, give me the cliff notes. notes. Okay. Who is Nancy Allen? I, I have played many roles in my life. I have been, as you just read all about my business career, but I've also been a wife and a mother had traditional relationships. I was born in 1939. That's a long time ago and i didn't know there was any other choice in relationships other than heterosexual ones so anyway i had two children who are now very old probably older than you <laughs> and two grandchildren who are 24 in fact you were talking about you're an athlete my granddaughter just graduated from the naval academy and she set a backstroke record for the naval academy oh nice anyway so she's awesome congrats yeah.
0: That's great. So is that enough? That's enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so you you were born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. So what, what was
1: your upbringing like there? My upbringing in Cleveland, um, boy, my mother was a beautician. So she worked really, really, really hard. And my father was a deadbeat, oh. compulsive gambler, didn't really want children, so it was I was kind of an accident. So he never quite forgave my mother for that. But anyway, my mother was really good to me. But dear old dad, he was really marginal. So I saw her working really hard, and I said, "I will never have a life like mom. I will find a man who will totally take care of me and support me, yep. and bring in money." And she emphasized that too. So,
0: okay,
1: I did that. All right. So so.
0: Do, do you mind going into the the dynamic with, with your dad? Like, what,
1: what was that like? Well, I certainly, uh, I can't say that out of that, that I hated men. I just knew that I didn't want a man with his, his style and his approach to being a husband. Okay. So, um, I don't know. He tried every once in a while. He wrote me a poem. I, I read his poems every once in a while. So, he wasn't all bad. It was just... 10th. He and mom got along marginally. Anyway, she left him when I was 12. And I encouraged that. It's like, could we get rid of him? So, <laughs> so at age 12, we moved away and she's, she uh, had had her own beauty shop, but she, we moved to a great big house in Cleveland, East Cleveland, yep. and set up a beauty shop in that house. And we lived in the rest of the house. And Life without
0: dad was very peaceful okay so was so what what was their dynamic like were they young parents
1: no okay I think she was uh, in her late 20s when I was when I was born okay and as I said he, you know I think that they just accidentally got pregnant on their honeymoon anyway although I've been living <laughs> researching ancestry.com and i can't see any record that they ever got married so okay (laughs) i think they probably got pregnant and said okay we'll pretend we're married so yeah true because no one's really going to check no no i didn't see any marriage records or divorce records and he had another wife and i saw marriage and divorce records from that wife so it's like Hmm. oh isn't that interesting who would ever know? I mean, no one ever asked you for your marriage certificate, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. So so for those first 12 years that he, he was there, like, was he nurturing at all or trying to be, you know, fatherly?
1: Not, not particularly. No, I was scared of him because he was big. He was like six foot three. Mm-hmm. And had and a big guy, you know, probably close to 300 pounds, 275, 300. Anyway, and he had a very loud voice. Now, all of his friends that he gambled with and played with loved him. And they talked about, good old Rick, he's so generous, he'll give you the shirt off his back. But I thought, eh, not so much for me. But mm-hmm. I remember our big thing that maybe once a year he would take me rowing in a boat, sail, rowboat, rowing, yeah. <laughs> in a local park. And that was our outing for the year. So he wasn't awful. It's not like he screamed at me a lot, but yes. his voice, just his voice when he did talk was kind of overbearing. And I was real, real quiet. That's maybe something else you need to talk about. <laughs> I was a real loser, like in high school, junior high, high school. We had junior high then, not middle school. And I was a poor, poor, poor student. I probably had ADD, but they didn't uh, diagnose back then. Mm-hmm. So I struggled to learn. So I and my mother kept saying you will go to college because she didn't go to college and look how hard she's working. And I said, no, I just want to get married and have babies. And she said, no, you can't do that. Look at my life. You know, if you end up with a loser, I kept saying, well, I'm not going to end up with a loser like you did. Anyway, I I went to high school and I hardly talked in and talk much. And I didn't answer questions because I couldn't think that fast. Anyway, somewhere along the line, my brain snapped into gear. Mm -hmm. And I went to Kent State University. And I remember when they gave me their acceptance letter, it was something I'm rephrasing it, it wasn't this bad, but here's the general gist it's like people like you. (laughs) (laughs) That says it all right there. Academic record, very rarely, if ever, (laughs) succeed in a college education. And by then, I was into the I'll show you, like you did with, with the athletics. Yeah. I'll show you. So I went mm-hmm. to Kent State University and excelled. I majored in home economics so that I would be the wife and mother, the perfect wife and mother. And I did very well in that, got good grades and graduated. So, okay. Nice. So,
0: so once you, once you graduate, well, l- let me back up a little. Okay, okay. So once you, once you started dating, what type what type of guys were you dating?
1: I dated in high school. They had to be tall because I'm five foot eleven, okay so that was a real thing. They had to be tall. <laughs> so I dated Carl and he was six five, so that was good. Okay. and then I introduced them to a girl I sat next to in home economics in high school, and they fell madly in love. <laughs> oh, God. I saw them at a, one of the high school reunions. I thought, well, that worked out. <laughs> if it weren't for me, they never thanked me. If it weren't for me, they, they would never have known each other. But no anyway. Kidding. Wow. Um, but I dated him, I don't know, six months or so. Um, and then I just didn't really date much to the prom. I One of my girlfriends loaned me her six foot five boyfriend to go to the prom with. So I did that. But I didn't really... really?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Loan a <lone> friend. <laughs> Loan friend. And so, anyway, she did. It was kind of fun. Um, I mean, it was okay. I, you know, we danced and then came home, and that was the end of that. But at least I got to go to my high school prom, which back then was a big thing. So, yeah. And it still is. But it's different now. Now you can go with your girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) So um, men back then, you know, I just kept looking, looking for one that. um, So in college, I didn't date very much. Just had a few maybe male friends. Had a lot of girlfriends in college. Um, Loved, loved college. Yes. Um, Get away from it all. You know, it's like. I began to come out. I was, began to speak and have fun and engage in life. And then um, I graduated and I worked at a utility company in Cleveland. Okay. And I de- started to demonstrate. It's a good thing I would learned how to speak because that job was speaking in front of groups of people, women, demonstrating how to cook electrically. And then going to high schools and teaching girls how to cook electrically. So I had to speak a lot. So that was my first speaking career. And I met a principal at one of those schools, and he liked me so much when they had an opening. He said, do you want to come and teach here? And I said, yes, I did. So I taught home economics. And somewhere in there, I was in my 22, 23, 24 I thought I've got to i got to get a man in my life because back then everyone was married. My friends were having babies right and left, and I didn't even have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So I went to a dance, a singles dance in Cleveland, and I met a tall man. He fulfilled all the basic requirements of tall. He had a college <laughs> education. He was, um, yeah, he was. I call him Mister Hilldo. Mister. Mm-hmm. He'll do. So, <laughs> so, Mr. He'll do. Okay, I got you. Took me a second, but I got it. <laughs> he will do. He will do. It's like, I wasn't madly in line to know what love was. Who knows what love is? You know what? <laughs> Most of us know. <laughs> anyway, um, so Mr. He'll do. So, he was a good guy. Very opposite of dad, dramatically opposite of dad. And he, um, took care of the family. He made money. He didn't make big money, but enough. And we lived humbly. We lived, he, we purchased a duplex. So the rent next door paid for our rent. He was very, very frugal. Yes. And um, so our life was kind of limited because we had to sock, everything away. But anyway, I, I stayed with him until um, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept complaining to my minister how lonely I was in this relationship, and he sent me to the Gestalt Institute of Cleveland for a personal growth program that lasted two years. Okay. Well, coming out of two years of personal growth, I realized the error of my ways, <laughs> the choices I made. <laughs> so I, I, um, I left him, and the children—we pretty much joint custody. Anyway, yeah. okay. the children took it okay. It was, yeah, it was difficult, but. Anyway, yes. so then I left him, and then um, I started working at a retirement community, and my boss there said, now that you're liberated, why don't you consider dating women? And I went, what? <laughs> you got to get back in those days. Like when I was in college and things, And I did, until I went to the Gestalt Institute, I didn't even know about lesbians. There was some psychologists there that there were new lesbians. Yeah. So that's when I first started hearing about it, but I didn't know what a lesbian was. <laughs> so, wow. so anyway, this boss said, now that you're liberated, why don't you become a lesbian? I thought, well, that's strange. <laughs> Never thought about that. I'll look around, check more with these people at the Gestalt Institute, see what that's all about. <laughs> okay. And she, she actually took me away for a week and we were supposed to go on a group retreat with, several other women. And for some reason, all these other women dropped out. So it was just she and I. So it turns out, even though she was in a happy marriage, happy, happy um, uh, one child, she raved about all the time. She came on to me and we ended up (laughs) being a couple for a while.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, so what was that process like as you were exploring, exploring the idea?
1: Well, I, yeah, okay. So it went on from there. I started exploring the idea, but then the more I explored, I would, I would talk to lesbians and you can tell now I'm very verbal and I share everything. Yeah, I want to talk to people. And back then it wasn't cool to be a lesbian. You know, yeah. it was not politically correct. You couldn't, you know, people to work in an organization, you had to keep your mouth shut and yeah. you had to be real careful. So I interviewed all these women and I thought, you know, I think I'm really bisexual so I can go either way. So as long as I can go either way, I'm going to stick with men because I want to be able to share and and be out there and not feel, feel bad about myself, about choices I had made.
0: Yes. Yes. And that, that's a, and that's a powerful statement. Like my, my nephew, we all knew when he, when he was young, like we Uh just, we just knew, you know? And so, Uh so he, he came out, he, he wrote on Facebook, like this long, this long coming out, coming out post. Uh And, and, you know, he was just talking about how he struggled with it for the longest time, you know, but he had, but he had to just own who he was. Mm -hmm. And, he got so much love and support on that post. And Aww. the majority of the family, we were all like, dude, we all knew. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> we like, we,
1: Finally. We were like, we were waiting for you to realize it. <laughs> right? yeah. like we all already knew. So, yeah. See, there's yes. people that are born kind of born that way. And, you know, very early on, they know that. And yeah. that wasn't true for me. I'm, I'm clearly bisexual. Uh, I have choice. And a lot of people don't have choice. Yes.
0: Yes. See, and when I met you at the, when I heard your pitch at the summit, because like, I'm not afraid to have, you know, quote unquote, difficult conversations. And so in Connecticut, our neighboring state, the governor there, this was maybe 20 years ago, but I guess the governor was married for like 36 years or something. And he, he ended up coming out you know (laughs) know, blind blindsided his wife and it was it was very very public yeah and like and i was just always curious as to how does that work (laughs) you know so so that that was why when i heard you i think you were two sentences in there i'm like i want to hear that story i know you know because yeah because you spend half of your life thinking thinking some some way and like knowing what you know now can can you look back 20 years
1: and think, I might have known then? Well, I knew. See, starting at age 40, when this boss said, why don't you consider being a lesbian, I began thinking about it. And yes. then I began paying attention to women and what women I was attracted to and which women I weren't. And I kept that up for years. I, you know, that was when I was still in Cleveland. I moved to Atlanta and I was still saying, oh, I'll just pay attention. I don't know. I, yeah. I, by the time I moved to Atlanta, the second husband was gone. Okay. I I got married again. Yeah. Very shortly after the divorce of the first husband, and that lasted for ten years. So you know he knew I told had told him about my boss and everything, and uh, so he knew I'd had those experiences. But he said, "Oh, I'm sure that you're heterosexual, and that was just a fluke." <laughs> <laughs> a fluke. <laughs> so when I told him somewhat recently, he was like, "What? I thought you got over that." You know, some people think it's just a phase. so anyway i uh when i've gone back 20 years i don't know because i'm so happy with the person i'm with here's my other philosophy there's lots of people you meet and i dated i dated a lot of men i did i had what i call practice lesbians and you know i'd kind of try them out maybe go out with them once or twice and a couple times sexually because i thought well i gotta try out the sex thing so (laughs) I, i did my practice lesbian thing and i thought I don't know. It depends on the person. You know, it's like, it's not the anatomy. One of the things in my book is it's not, it's not the penis. It's the person It's you know, it's like, how do you get along with this person and how, how do you connect with them? And do you have a good sense of humor? Yeah, so, so I never met women along the way. I just dated maybe two or three of them. Okay. That I said, Oh my God, I <laughs> love them so much. I'm willing to change my whole life and risk being ostracized by the business community. Cause you read my bio. I was, I was in corporate America, yes. which didn't really understand stuff like that. So I was just real careful. So then as time went on, Oh, well here, here's the other thing with that back with that boss, the time of the boss when I was in my forties. Then I began knowing other lesbian women. I was doing the interviews and figuring that yes. out. So I met this one woman named Kelly and I really liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't lesbian, and she had a partner at the time. In fact, her partner—I worked with her partner—and she introduced us.
2: Okay.
1: So I was—I said, well, I could, I could be attracted to him. I could be attracted to her, but I can't have her because she already she's in this long-term committed relationship. So as time went on, I moved to—I left that other husband, and I said, I'll just be single for the rest of my life or date, you know, because I always thought, well, I'm a good relationship person. I like people. Yeah. (laughs) But I just never found the right one. And I think now, thank goodness, because if I had, I wouldn't be with Kelly. If I had stopped anywhere along the line. In fact, I just had this conversation with my grandchildren who are both bisexual. I said, you're devastated when it doesn't work out. And then lo and behold, you meet somebody else. You think, well, thank God that other one didn't work out because this one is so much better. Yeah. So that's the way I felt about Kelly. I waited a long time, but I waited for the right one and not just being in a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship. Like I did with Mr. Hilldo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right. All right, so
0: let, let's talk about the differences in connection. So like, you know, between co- the way you connected with your your husbands versus the way you connect with the woman and especially Kelly.
1: Um, sense of humor, sense of humor, um, you know, sharing things about our life and laughing and, um, just, I don't know. There's just a connection there that's, that's different. It's hard to explain. And could I have that with a man? I think I could, but right now I'm with Kelly. So if something happened to Kelly, would I be with a man or a woman? I still don't know. Um, but I don't know. So.
0: i'm I'm more, I'm more reaching more towards the philosophical differences because you know men and women were wired differently yeah you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. like i was just curious with the dynamic between two
1: women what that connection is like well i think for most uh same-sex couples one of them is more masculine like kelly's more has more masculine tendencies like she's she had a short period of time, but she, at age eighteen she came out as a lesbian she had okay. she was engaged once, but then they broke up, and she became a lesbian at age eighteen so okay. and that that you know even in her young years, she played with the boys she didn't want to wear dresses, so she clearly knew that something was gotcha. off with her, but she had a mother that kept pushing her to be feminine, but she, <laughs> she couldn't. Yeah. Send her to charm school twice. She <laughs> 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 just didn't pull it out. So anyway, so in most couples, as I look around at them and hear about them and in my stories in this book, one of them is more masculine than the other. And I think that's kind of like the difference. They're not, you know, it's like to be, to have two, two feminine frou-frou women <laughs> it doesn't quite feel right but you know there's kind of a balance in there and it's, i guess energetic balance
0: okay yeah now just just curious because obviously i've noticed that dynamic you know like I've, I've had many many um what's the what's the proper terminology i mean you you keep saying lesbian same sex, same, same, sex same sex okay yeah because like you especially doing stuff live you don't want the the facebook trolls coming out saying you're being hateful so it's like oh always he- <laughs> hesitate and like like i'm not hateful at all <laughs> you know okay. if, there, if there was any hate you wouldn't be on the show <laughs> right. you know and, and besides right. besides, there's many members men men and women of that community in my family you know okay. so, cause like i already mentioned my niece my nephew my daughter um, <laughs> you know so your daughter yeah see them um, She's she's fourteen, actually. Mm-hmm. I I, I don't even know if the family knows this. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> the family you know?
0: listen? <laughs> so, Sometimes they do. Yes. <laughs> so, but like, but when Just she,
1: what you're comfortable
0: with, Rob? <laughs> yeah. No, it's like when when she told me, she was like so nervous of my my reaction,
2: mm-hmm. and uh,
0: my my first que- question was, I said, "How how do you know?".
2: Mm-hmm. And she
0: she said, I, I just I just know. Because you know, like, she hadn't dated or anything. Mm. And so wow. that that's that's why I, that was more, more so that was my first question. Like, how do you know? Like, what yeah, are you like, even doing? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah, if still, yeah, still you're still an early teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, Okay. <laughs> and, and she's like, that's it. I was like, what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I said, you're my kid. I'm I'm gonna love you no matter what, no matter who you're attracted to. That's not gonna change anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, so, so whatever, whatever your path takes you, I'll support you. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh. It's, she's like, I was so she's like, I was so afraid to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't it too bad that we just can't say, oh, I'm now in love with, with, with Kelly without it being a major production. Oh, yeah. now I'm in love with Tom. And now I'm in love with, um, you know, Rob, he's, he's black. Uh, one, yeah. one of my granddaughters is dating a, a black guy. So, I yeah. mean, it's just like, why can't you just say, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. Cause cause we live in this politically
0: correct world know. now, which is nonsense. It's like whoever you want to sleep with, sleep with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if, if if you like me, I'm a heterosexual male, Mm-hmm. That's my choice. If, mm-hmm. if your choice as, as a man is to sleep with another man, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. If there's anything wrong with it, we'll figure it out on Judgment Day. <laughs> you know, right? That's it's right. not it's it's not my <laughs> job, right? It's not my job to judge anyone. Why, would
1: <laughs> right? So so it's like you know, don't, we're we're, we're, we're unique, you know? unique because we're setting most of us are set up to be judging machines.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what? Honestly, I really feel. Like and this is I believe this to, to be true about racism as well it's not as widespread as the media makes it out to be because mm. I, I think there are far more tolerant people in this world than right. intolerant people yeah. just you the in,
1: yeah you hear about yeah
0: them yes the intolerant ones dominate dominate the headlines because it's it's all political. Uh One side is for it. One side is against it. So there's always going to be that divide. But when you just get out into the world Uh and I meet, I meet amazing people every single day from all walks of life, all religions, all genders, all everything. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, but those people don't get any press. <laughs> it's like, you know, so if you, yeah, if you get someone burning a pride flag, that's international news, yeah, you right. know, just because of one person. Now, everybody's homophobic, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not the yeah. case. It's like, yeah. just ostracize that person, you know, like yeah. don't put everybody, everybody Into that same box, you right. know. You know? Right. And again, like getting back to, to my nephew, it's like he was so nervous. And I was like, dude, I was like, more people got your back. Then are gonna talk trash about you. I promise mm-hmm. you. I like, are, are there are those people out there? Yeah, they're out there. Mm-hmm. But there's more people that will defend you against mm-hmm. them. So right. I was like, I was like, just never, just never forget that. You know, just like saying there are racists out there, but this entire country isn't racist. Are you kidding me? Like I grew up, I grew up in a in a predominant white area, and I've gotten, I've gotten jobs, I've gotten promotions, I've gotten bonuses, I've gotten wow. awards. You know what I mean Did it's you like grow up in Rhode Island yeah I was born in New York City but then uh my parents moved moved us out of the city and we li- I grew up in a rural Rhode Island so I grew up very very woodsy okay. <laughs> so yeah so that it, you was know' good yeah 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 like my I mean I'm one of seven kids you know like well. my, my my dad knew he's like you know we can't this is not the environment to be raising to be raising yeah. these kids and yeah. so so he made the choice. To, to get us out of there, to get us into a better community, better school system, uh-huh. you know, like it's all about choices. And so yeah. he, he made the choice to get out. That's you know? right. So yeah, that's great. But we digress. We digress.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me more
0: about you. <laughs> all right. So what motivated you
1: to write your book? Uh, I, well, after I fell in love with Kelly and – We've been together now 10 years. So that was at age 72 that I came out. And I do have to tell you my coming out stories with my grandchildren. But okay. you want to be in finish with the book? Anyway, yeah. so, I, so I finish. I, I don't know. I just had this idea of there must be more people like me that at some age or another were in a traditional relationship, had children. Like most of these, uh, most of these women have had children. And then it's somewhere along their line in their 40s, 50s, 60s, me in my 70s, they've said, Hey, I met this woman, and this really, really feels right. We've got so much in common, you know, energetically, life is good, and I am going to switch to a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> so I began interviewing these people, and I picked out nine others that had interesting stories. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting stories in there is this woman in her 30s, and she and her partner decided to each have a baby with the same sperm donors two years apart. So he froze his sperm. They don't know this guy. He froze his sperm, and two years later, the second one had her baby. So now they have two little blonde boys. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) their eggs and his sperm so these kids look look alike and i mean it's yeah it's cute it's like that's different i, I guess i like the different stories because at first i was going to write the book yeah and call it late in life lesbians oh. and then i met her and a couple other women that you know like my partner that didn't come out late in life but yet had interesting stories they're coming out in their life yes so I changed the name of the book from Bud to Blossom, Our Lesbian Journey, so that it would be a broader spectrum and make a more interesting book, so. Interesting, is there is there a link to that? Yes, it's on amazon.com. Oh, it's on Amazon, okay. Paper, right. Just type in from Bud to Blossom, it'll come popping right up. And it's on Kindle for very little money and on paperback for, I think it's 15.95. But it's, it's a great book. It's, you know, it's more women, it's, you know, it's geared toward, it's for women that just want to know more about lesbian. Maybe they're considering being a lesbian. Uh, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe they're considering becoming a lesbian. Maybe, you know, they're in their later age and you know, their they're 40, 50, 60s, when their husbands have died, you know, they might want to consider be, being a lesbian. This book kind of helps them. It helps younger people because as you have said, like when I was young, I didn't even know about lesbians. I knew mm. about gays because on Thursday we couldn't wear green because we'd be a fag, and it was all that conversation. But I yeah. didn't really understand that whole thing. Anyway,
0: yeah, so, yeah, okay, all right. So, so now take us take us to where you were developing
1: the courage to fully come out. Um. Well, I was, first of all, wondering about what my family might think, because, you know, they've only known me. I never I never mentioned to any of them that yes. um, I could conceivably be gay. But I always had these lesbian friends when they were growing up. Okay. So I um, talked to my daughter, and she was... Okay, mom, it's, it's new because it was six weeks into the relationship. She said, How do you know? You want to tell your grandchildren that's only six weeks into the relationship? Maybe it's a phase. Maybe it's a phase you're going through. <laughs> Hold mm. on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and my son said, No big deal. I, I uh, considered it. And so did my son in law. Okay. So then I sat down with my grandchildren and told them they were like 14 and 13 and they were like oh no big deal nanny we have friends that you know are dating women are, our girlfriends are dating other girlfriends and no big deal at all well yeah. it turns out I, my my granddaughters were here a couple of weeks ago and the oldest one said you stole my thunder and this is the first i heard this, <laughs> that, that i was gay and i knew it and i was going to come out to my parents <laughs> after <laughs> you did i never did <laughs> i mean she said when she was older she came out the day after Donald Trump was elected on Facebook for the first time saying that she was a lesbian. How could we have elected somebody that was so, you know, non-understanding non, uh, of same-sex relationships and that she was <laughs> a lesbian? And I'm calling up my daughter, her mother, saying, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> she said, I, yeah, my daughter said, yeah, I had, we always had the feeling, but she never came out and said it to us except yeah. facebook so now the whole world knows <laughs> and how how was her her how were the reactions to her post um positive yeah like you like yeah like you said with your nephew very positive yeah yeah we were all still under the uh, fog of Donald Trump got elected <laughs> what will this mean <laughs> what will this mean for the gay community what will it mean anyway mm. um so yeah no they it was it was positive and then the other one turns out she's they're both bisexual because the older one now has had with relationships with women and she's now in the relationship with the, with the black guy
0: yeah
1: and the other one has had a lesbian relationship and a relationship with a guy and um yeah so they're both bisexual nice i think right. most, most people could be bisexuals it's kind of a spectrum of I am a woman and I am a man. And then somewhere in the middle, you know, the bisexual thing happens. I mean, some people are really extreme, but then there's a lot of flexibility when you get into the middle. Yeah. So, so at any time,
0: do do you feel, feel like with some people it's just a choice or do you think it's something that you're born with?
1: I think for the bisexual people, it's a choice. Yeah. As I said, if something happened to Kelly, I could it, I could go either way because it depends on the person. Yeah, it's the person, not the penis. It's the person and you know, how I get how I would get along and connect with them. Yes. and if there would be a man that I would connect with, um, just um, just with those general principles, yeah, I would I I could still connect with a man. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, so many of them talk so much about themselves. <laughs> So, you know that's you. Yeah. that's that's that's
0: what we're good at. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It just is. I could talk about me all day long. But who will listen?
2: <laughs> who will listen?
0: All right. So how 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 do you advocate
1: now? I advocate that people should do what makes them happy. You know, if it's going to make you happy to be with a woman, yeah, try it out. Do it. If it makes you happy, that's good. It doesn't matter what your what your uh, what the family members say. You're you're in this, it's a short, it's a relatively short life. And why not do what's gonna make you happy? So that's what my grandchildren are doing. You know, they're trying people out. I talk to them about the philosophy of, you know, because one broke up with a woman and she was really heartbreaking about it, about it because the, the, the woman, the girl broke up with her. Yeah, And she was really heartbroken. And now she's in a relationship with another woman. And she's saying, boy, I wouldn't have met this neat woman if I had still been in a relationship with that first one. Yeah. So right. I, I, people should do what they do to make themselves happy. All right. So
0: you had that talk with your boss when you were 40.
2: Mm-hmm. You,
0: you said you came out when
1: you were 72. It was a she. It was a she boss. Remember, oh, she. Sorry. She took, me, she took me out into the woods. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So 32 years went by. It did. Before yeah, it was, you
0: fully owned it.
1: I so I what, buried, what was that like? All that I married time? again and then I divorced him after 10 years. And then I then I dated. And then I had when I moved down, I moved to Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta because my daughter moved down here with her husband, and she was birthing the grandbaby. So I wanted to be part of the grandmotherly experience. I thought they left two years later, and I said, "I'm staying." <laughs> <laughs> I went back to Cleveland, Ohio, and they moved to Michigan. I said, "I'm not moving to Michigan," so oh, I wow. stayed. Um, so, where was I going with that? How, how did they leave that weather? <laughs> I don't know, and they're still staying. I said, "Don't you want to move down here now that you're almost retired?" No, we don't. So like, yeah. every know.
0: time yeah. I vacation in the winter, and I'm like, "Why am I going back there?" Yeah. It's like, "Why?" <laughs> but we, then oh, spring, you know, late spring, summer, and early fall, I love it here. When that yeah. winter hits, I'm like, "Oh, why do I stay here?"
1: Yeah, right. You're yeah, <laughs> you're you're doing that. You're doing that. Well, that's why I love Atlanta because it's relatively decent weather all year long. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what what year did you write the book? I wrote it last year, and it was published March sixth of twenty twenty one. Oh, nice. So nice. it's new. It's yeah. brand new. Um, many people are reading it. Um, so anyway, it's been fun. I had fun and fun at the summit where I met you, and um, I have lots of little opportunities lined up to speak more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice Life is good. Life is good. So so what what are the topics that that you speak on? Well, now that I'm semi retired, <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak. <laughs> okay. I was when I when I was uh, my Kelly, I turned the business over to Kelly. So she okay. is doing it. And we make our money now, make a lot of money now, um, selling the DISC personality style assessment. Oh, nice. We've got major customers all over the country who buy them. And we, we she, Kelly, trains them to uh, use the assessment and lead workshops so that we don't lead the workshop. She does a train the trainer, trains them how to use it. So that's wow. our major business now. Someone told me years ago get a residual career because otherwise you can never retire, you know, because but it's hard, it's hard to pull it off, but I pulled it off with disc. And then before, as I was doing disc, I did leadership development and team building uh, in corporate America. So, and I was always a consultant. I didn't work full time for corporate America. So I've been on the edge of that. Hmm. Yeah, I'm
0: very familiar with with the DISC assessment. Oh, yeah. So be, before it was before it became DISC, you know there was a uh, Myers Briggs, uh-huh. and then in the middle there was True Colors. I'm actually a of right. certif- uh, yeah I'm a certified facilitator in in True Colors. So okay. a lot, yeah, so like a lot of my sure. yes, yeah, so a lot of my my talks and my speeches are centered around the principles I learned through through that. So right. that's a that's a great thing that you're doing there. Because yeah. so many yeah. people don't understand what makes them tick. Mm-hmm. Let let alone what makes other people tick. <laughs> they don't that's even right.
1: know they don't even know what makes themselves tick. So why, why can't people great. be more like me? But you don't want everyone to be like you. And yeah, couples, exactly. couples especially too, you know, it's couple, more than maybe the male female thing. It's like, what's, what's the personality style of someone that you're going to get along with? Now, a lot of times it's opposite. Yeah. And then you get married, it's fun at first, you know, before yeah. it's like, Oh, totally it's true. we're opposite. And we get along so well. We understand each other. Then you marry them and go, why did they think like that? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, yeah. I was <laughs> that people taking a disc assessment, not to totally dissuade them from getting married to this person, but, to get them uh to understand that there yes. will be some differences and conflicts that will come up because they're geared differently.
0: Yeah, see, with, with true colors, we spent a lot of time talking about people's stressors. Mm-hmm. And then then as we were going off to train other leaders, letting them know that you can't just have one style. Like right. even even myself as a fitness coach, like mm-hmm. I, I can approach people, you know, someone that's a high eye, I right. can pretty much just beat on them and they will take it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's like people, people who are high D's, they need to understand the process. Uh huh. right. You know, it's like, you just can't say, do this. All right. Well, what's that going to do? It's like, you know, they're going to have, they're going to have the questions, uh-huh. you know, and then the people who are the high C's, you know, they're, they're slow, steady, but everything is perfect.
1: Oh, uh-huh. they want to you know? do it
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the, uh, the S's, you know, same thing with, with them is like, they typically they have a lot of questions.
2: Uh-huh. You know, you
0: know, a lot of questions. So as my clients are coming in, like I can figure out just within the first couple of sentences, pretty much what their, what their spectrum is. So I'm like, all right, I know this one needs my foot in their back. This one <laughs> needs to understand the process. This one I got to come at them mildly so that they, they don't they don't cry <laughs> you know it's like you gotta, you gotta have you gotta have to understand so right. you can you can have your central message uh-huh. but you got to have four different types of delivery if you want to be an effective leader and an effective connector
1: right so my style with Kelly is I'm a high I or I'm a I that's not super super high but yeah I'm an I and she's an S. Okay. So most of the time, that's fine because we're people pleasers and, you know, we're laid back. and, But then I drive her crazy because I chat during TV. <laughs> 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 What's that just leave me alone. I just want to focus on the program. And you're chatting away. I have all these questions.
0: I love it. With, with my ex, like on Sundays, you know, I'm your typical man. I love me some football. I love me some football, uh-huh. and Sundays I'd be home. I only do one class at the gym, so I, I'm I'm home early. And from like ten o'clock till twelve fifty nine, she she didn't utter a word to me. <laughs> The second that game comes up, oh, babe, I forgot to tell you. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, you had three and a half hours to talk to me. <laughs> and now I'm a jerk because I want to watch the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I totally understand that. So if you don't understand all that, you know, it's like, okay, well, I can modify myself. I don't have to be in a high eye while we're watching a program. But yeah. it just pops out once in a while. It's like, Ooh. Why, why do you think that person's doing that? And what, what's, what's that actor's name? And what pro other program yeah. have they been in? And she said, you're ruining the flow, the distraction. I just want to be with the program <laughs> as it is. It's like, okay. Ruining the flow, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes so, so with
0: that, too, I kind of feel like there can be two because – I'm also because I'm a high D and a high I. Yes, that's very very, very low S, very low C. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? So uh-huh. if if you were to look at my workspace right now, <laughs> it, <laughs> it reflects that. Yes, the, <laughs> you know, the, I-ness, know? the Iness and the D D <laughs> much leader <Montaniter>, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. so like on the D part, it's more of like that leader. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, like I'm not. I don't necessarily have to follow one, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. You know, so like that's my high eye. My high eye is Mm -hmm. like get it done. Just get it done. Uh Like like doesn't have to be sexy, just get it done, get it out the door. (laughs) You know? But but like when I'm in a relaxed state, that thing, that D just drops. It, I'm just I'm straight I I'm so at my mind is so abstract. I'm very I'm very spontaneous. Uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. like it, it drives my kids insane. Cause they'll be up there like, guys, get dressed. We're going for a <laughs> drive. Like, where are we going? Like, I don't know, but just get dressed, we're going somewhere. <laughs> I'll just start driving. Ooh, what's that? Let's you know, let's go explore over here, you know? So yeah. yeah, so that, that's how that's how my mind works. But on the job though, I'm very, very assertive. Like people, people if I'm in a group of people, people never have to wonder who the boss is. okay. It's like they just know. like I, I just have that that presence. uh-huh, you know, and so for the people that that you train, what do you find is their is their biggest obstacle to implement in that program?
1: Um, in, in insecurity about not knowing enough to um mm. be able to do it. Cause we do the train the trainer that I put together years ago and Kelly's mm-hmm. using it. And that, you know, it's just like feeling secure enough that they know enough about the different styles yeah. to be able to get up in front of a room and talk about it and make it fun and not make anyone wrong. See, this is, there's a, I'm sure you found this out. There's a downside. If you slot people into you're a D you'll always be a D and there's no, oh, yeah. you're ever going to be any other style that's wrong because yep. people have the flexibility to go over to be a D when that, when it's necessary to do. Yes. And the D has the flexibility to go over to an S at the appropriate time. You know, if, yep. if, if they're going to be effective, if yes. they want to stay obnoxious, they can, <laughs> <laughs> like. they can stay in their Dness and not, you know, and maybe not understand that this other person's an S and needs a little bit more understanding. Yes. A little more questions, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah.
0: See, and from spending all that time in the restaurant industry, when I cook, I am super organized. Oh, yeah. Super, super organized. Okay. But that, that's probably like the only time where that, that sea creeps up. Uh-huh. <laughs> you yeah. Know, so yeah, everything, all did, out. Yep. Yeah,
1: everything out. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Everything
0: has its place. You know, everything's at the right temperatures. Everything's timed perfectly. Uh huh. You know, like you know, uh-huh. the kids will be like, "Can I help?" No, back off. I got this. <laughs> like, I got this. Let me do what I do.
1: <laughs> D is in full gear along with your C. So a yeah. lot of you know, there's a lot of people that are DC's Yeah. And that's just very you know analytical. Got to do it right. You know, got to do it my way. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. And with the true
0: colors model, we we, we say very similar to what you just said, is that you have to know when to step into each each color. So, you know, if like with with me, I mean, I was raised by my dad. Well, my parents, but like my dad was a Marine. And so he, he was like very. Very like you didn't question him, you didn't talk back. Like some of the stuff I see out and about nowadays, I'm like my dad would have molded me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. if, I, yeah. if I ever thought about talking to him like that, I would have yeah. molded yeah. right. But anyways, they were saying that. So if one one of my kids come comes in crying, you know, like I I have to I have to step into the more feeling mood,
2: mm-hmm. you know, because
0: really? like like I'm I'm a single parent, so when they're mm-hmm. with me, they they just get dad all the time because uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. you know you get the pe- people that say oh well you got to play mom and dad i'm like um i don't know how to play mom i know how to <laughs> play dad so <laughs> i'm gonna be the best dad i can possibly be i'm not gonna yeah. worry about trying to be mom because i don't have those genes right <laughs> you know right. like like i started this by saying men and women are wired differently mm-hmm. you know and th- mm-hmm. there's a reason for that mm-hmm. so i know with my kids i, I have to like force myself to, to go into to show Empathy because
1: uh-huh. you know, I'm very task driven. Well, see, that but that's not necessarily dad, that's your style. There's a lot of women, oh, yeah, who d's, you know, yeah, true, true. A lot of moms wear ds like, shut up and <laughs> stop whining. And I was like, you're, you're crying over that,
0: that, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, get a band aid and go back outside. Jeez, <laughs> you know, the, the way they're screaming, I expect the arm to be dangling like some, something broke. <laughs> Screaming bloody murder over over a little a little splinter. <laughs> oh God. Uh, see, see what I told you, time flies. Time flies, look at that. I just Four looked things. at the clock, like well, we got six minutes left.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you want to what do you want to talk about for six
0: minutes? I want to talk about you. So do you have do
1: you have any next steps? Uh now I'm a painter. Oh, in fact, I painted I painted this book. I painted I painted the cover of this book. Oh, nice. And you know what it is? Aside from a flower, you know what it is? I don't. It's a vagina. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) Come on. You
0: you got me me zooming in like, is it really?
1: Wow. It's a vagina. Wow. You
0: shielded that well. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. uh, Because
1: I'm sure if it was a parent, I don't know if Amazon would put that on. Oh, that's true. Will this interfere with anything? Yeah, right. Oh, oh, yeah. Any, yeah. So Georgia O'Keeffe painted lesbian flowers. So that's where I got the idea. Okay. So, wow. But I'm an oil painter, so I just I painted that. And as, as far as what's next, I want to get back to painting because for this last year, I've been writing this book. Yeah. Th- through the whole pandemic, I I was pulling this book together. And most of the time I wanted to quit, but I had a coach, a good coach that nice. coached me through it. So no, Nancy, it's good. <laughs> you need <laughs> to say it. Need to, people need to hear this. It's like, okay. Anyway. So now I'm going to get back into painting and I'm going to be doing more and more exercise. Okay. So, nice. I say that at age 82, you never know what's going to come next. True. that's right my, my partner only 67 so f- we're 15 years apart so I gotta stay healthy so that we can get back to going on trips because that's what we were doing before
0: okay nice what where
1: would where you like to travel we uh, well next we're supposed to go next June to Scotland Ireland uh, England nice and Wales love it so on uh, a bus trip we like bus trips we like cruises um, yeah yeah so we've done a, quite a few cruises, Alaska um, for our, st- uh, oh, for my 80th birthday and her 65th birthday, we went on a cruise and we took 10 other couples with us. We didn't pay, they came with us. They didn't, we, we didn't pay for them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we went uh, up the uh, Rhine River. We started in Zurich and ended up in Paris So on a Viking River cruise. So that was fun. Wow. So yeah, we've been to Alaska on a cruise. We've been on a couple bus trips around the country. We've been to Costa Rica on a bus trip. So Love it. Yeah. So what what
0: was your best part about, about Alaska? That, that that one's on my list for next year.
1: okay. Uh it's just it's um what is it? Vast and bleak there's something bleak about it. You know, it's yeah. like hmm. it's just different. Um hmm. Yeah, and the little towns they drop you off on, they're kind of fun because they're little, you know, so.
0: I know it's like a world, whole
1: different yeah, world. Yeah, like
0: for such a big state. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was actually watching something on it uh the other day on Discovery Channel, and they were saying how like one of the biggest modes of transportation
1: is uh seaplanes. Oh wow, yeah, it's right. Right. Yeah, it's like really. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and the big huge cruise boats, lots of cruise boats. Hmm. So did you see see any wildlife?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Whales, see? whales, breaching whales, uh, whales doing bubble net fishing, which is a whole different way to uh, fish. They, they go around in a circle and they get all of the, the little fish in the middle of their oh, circle. Yeah. And yeah. then they, they all swoop up and get a whole mouthful of fish. It's quite yes. amazing. Yes.
0: Yeah, I saw that on um Animal Planet. I I believe. I was watching some something with, with my kids and they were showing showing how how mm-hmm. they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 have a couple that circled and the other ones yeah. come up and
1: grab them. And they, they come up through the trail. middle. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's fascinating. And we yeah. saw them doing that. It's like I never do that before. Yeah, it's genius. So, <laughs> genius yeah. on their part. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're creeping up on the last min- minute. Here. Okay. Give, give us a give us a final message. What, what's your final message?
1: Well, I want to thank you. You've been very efficient and effective, like I was thank telling you. you before, and uh, easy to um, communicate with and instant instant getting back to me. So I knew what was going on. So uh, and then I just want to tell everyone to go forth, live your life, live it fully and find out who you are and uh, support your kids because the kids are really into this. So, you know, learn more about what it's all about so that you can support the kids and not be judgmental because you're only, you know, you'll deflate them and you'll alienate yourself. Yes. So, so true.
0: Well, again, Nancy, thank you very much for joining. Again, you can check out her book from bud to blossom on Amazon. And I thank you for your time and sharing your story and being very, up, up front and open about, about your journey. Much appreciated. Thank you. Right, my pleasure. <laughs> you, have, you have yourself a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So that was Nancy joining us, sharing her story. So if you just tuned in late, you no, know, make sure, sure you go back, watch it from the beginning. If you ha- have any comments, feel free to comment. Make sure you like the video, share the video, subscribe. If you're on YouTube and I will see you guys tomorrow with Lisa. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you.